welcome to the latest episode of New Tricks, where we are joined by Richard Farrer, Managing Director of Leaf Hospitality. Richard talks to us about his route into ownership and how the pandemic brought about the year of automation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of New Tricks, which is the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. Um, we had a, we had we had somewhat of a of a I was going to say a dip. It wasn't a dip. We didn't do one last week, um, which is very sad. So we're back, and thank you for joining us. Um, so we've got Catherine with us, obviously, who has returned from from climates of of Alpine glory to to urban. How was Alpine? Alpine was. Uh, well, it was interesting because last week was ESG week for us here at New Dog. Uh, we did the Watson Farley Williams ESG um, thing webinar, and and so it was it was very fitting to be in an Alpine environment and to be seeing that the ski season is now become so very very short because uh, it didn't snow once while we were there. Um, uh, not that I ski, but it's relevant to people who do. Um, and uh, and it did not snow and reports from that part of the world where that it in fact did not snow all week. And so people are sort of gathering up the snow every night and combing it out and trying to make it last more in that way that you when, you, when you're making biscuits or whatever and you get to that last bit and you're thinking, can I make a whole biscuit with this? No, I can just make like a little rubbish biscuit that is going to be burnt and rubbish. And it's not how biscuits used to be back in the day. Um, so that people are scraping together the last of the snow in February. Um, but they were still eating like a mother ton of cheese. Um, how these people are making it a full and happy life if you live there is anyone's guess. Because it's just melting cheese and having a lot of meat and then melting more cheese and then drinking things that are, you know, very potent um, but seemingly living living a long time, and even if I guess even if you are burning sort of ten thousand calories a day from all this swishing, um, it's it's one thing to be doing that from an aesthetic point of view, but inside your arteries, yes, that's a different matter, isn't it? There were there were an awful lot of those like machine things pointing to those machines, the shock machines that can that can bring you back to. Life. <laughs> Um, sure notice there are a few of them around um i thought oh, well okay that that makes makes sense um like start, in fact like to say this moment a non-humorous way to to mark the passing of shane ward oh yes very shocking loss to the world uh during this week. um and obviously an example to us all possibly that we need to say best care of the amount of cholesterol that we ingest that's mm, uh, so cheese serious sponsor message there uh, mm. So yes, very much. And I cannot speak because I didn't do a single jot of exercise the entire time, unless you count walking up and down slushy mountains, carrying people's skis, and going, "Haven't you learned how to carry your own skis yet? What are they teaching you in ski school for crying out loud?" Every day, twice a day. <laughs> it sounds joyful. It was. It was. It was. But yes, legitimise days I'm drinking. Yeah, well, hurrah for that. This seems well, and and, and segue seamlessly. It seems like an appropriate time to bring in our guest, um, who possibly won't be doing any daytime drinking, but we'll come on to why that might be later. Um, joining us this week, Richard Farrer, who is the managing director of Leaf Hospitality. Richard, welcome to New Tricks. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Uh, well, listen, pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invite and uh, nice segue from from daytime drinking straight into uh, into myself. Um, yeah, I'm really well, thank you. A L- little bit short on sleep, uh, as you know, arrival of baby number two a couple of weeks ago, uh, weighing in at uh, £11.3 in old money. 
So uh, fortunately, like to me. yeah, that's where I'm going with it. That's it. That's <laughs> going to be a quick turn to, to data I'm drinking. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm really, really good. Like I said, this is my sort of first day uh, back at it. I've had a brief uh, paternity leave or tried to take some paternity leave. It's uh, yeah, not, not been, um, yeah, I've been able to work a little bit in between as well. So it's been good, but all is well at home. So yeah, we're, we're good. Everything's good. Thank you. Very many congratulations, and and we'll we'll try and keep this to around half an hour, just in case the need to fall asleep yeah, yeah. overtakes you. Yeah, if if I, if I start to go, yeah, just a yeah, loud voice will do it. It'll get me back. Okay, good to know. Um, tell us about Leaf Hospitality. Whilst I very professionally go and plug my laptop in. That's a good idea, go. absolutely. So, Leaf Hospitality is a hotel management company. We manage hotels on behalf of. Uh, owners um, and we've been around now for 14 13 14 years uh, after 10 great years with Hilton IHG Park Plaza um, I set leaf up in sort of 07 08 first job was to launch Park Plaza Westminster Bridge that small um, asset on the south bank which are probably I don't quite know if this is, is 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 an accurate statement but I would imagine was the most expensive new build ever built in the UK as a hotel asset not sure perhaps someone could could find out whether that's accurate or not. Obviously, the bigger hotels and they've been added to, but in a single go, thousand and I think it was twenty-one rooms, sixteen floors up, four Ooh, floors no, down. We went on a hard hat tour of that. Yes. Was- okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So yeah, I, I was there for that, and I was working at Park Plaza at the time, and I'd always wanted to do my own thing, and I and and I said to them, "Look, why don't you let me launch it for you?" Because Leaf really was born out of uh, pre the sort of I know you mentioned last week was your ESG week, but obviously you know, what's in a name. So, so leaf really was to help businesses turn over a new leaf environmentally and commercially. That's why we, what we set out to do back in 2008. Um, and so the commercial part was helping to launch Park Plaza Westminster bridge. Whilst I was there, I built a, uh, I don't know if you call it a policy, but an idea about tree, obviously the Park Plaza logo back then was a tree and leaf was a tree and it was total responsibility for everyone's environment that was the name we gave it so so yeah leaf was about uh, the environment before that was kind of as as central to everything we're doing today uh and it was also about commercial performance for hotels um so i launched uh, i launched uh, leaf with park plaza westminster bridge but had like i said 10 10 great years with with hilton ihg and park plaza themselves all in commercial roles really but at the same time as the the westminster bridge job uh, I'd made contact with some people that I knew property guys that were interested in getting into hotels. And I said to them, uh, probably quite cheekily, listen, there's a hotel asset available for sale near, near me where I live in sort of the outskirts of London. Why don't you buy it and I'll manage it for you. And they said, well, no, but we have just bought a site up in Lincoln on the Brayford there, which is a beautiful, uh, water marina area with a cathedral and castle view, above it they said why don't you come and talk to us about that site so I said sure no problem I went up there we had sat down and uh, had a conversation and over lunch uh, we agreed that Leaf Hospitality it would be the the hotel that they wanted to build that would become Leaf Hospitality's very first management contract and that ended up being the first brand new build Doubletree in the UK uh, and we built that and opened it in 2011 so so Leaf really was born out of sort of environmental focus and commercial focus for hotels. I'd always had a hotel background. Um, but 
I was at IHG when they went asset light and, and really saw the, not, not right on the wall, but how the wind was, was blowing there really about, you know, how the division was going to happen between the asset and, uh, and, and the and brand and, and what would be in the middle of those two things. So that's really what made me probably more for or pivot more popular word these days into being a management company. So probably had some right to do it, but maybe didn't have the experience of some of the peers in the past, you know, the, the, the pioneers that were Chardon and, and BDL and, and people like that. So, so probably didn't have that experience, but I do remember, you know, being, being approaching some of the hotel assets in and around London that I, I knew who were independent sort of knocking on their door back in the day and saying, Hey guys, do you fancy giving us a crack as being your management company? And the response would be, well, how many do you do? How many do you manage right now? Well, none, but I thought maybe you could take a bit of a punt on us. So there was a few conversations like that. So it was really good to get Lincoln uh, signed and sealed as our first management contract. And and then really it, it grew from there. We're at 13 hotels um, open or signed uh, and agreed today, uh, which is, uh, you know, reasonable growth. It's almost one a year, although we didn't really start looking for other hotels until after Lincoln had been open for probably uh, three or four years. Uh, so it's been, you know, pretty, pretty steady growth and we're quite pleased with that. What is that? It's kind of like 1,400, 1,500 rooms, um, 700 people, employees that we oversee. Obviously, they sit on the payrolls of the owners, but we oversee them. £35 million in revenue um, and, and a really healthy pipeline to boot. So, uh, yeah, we're that's, that's probably, that's us in essence. And, um, yeah, looking forward to what the future holds. Um, I was wondering in in that time um, whether you'd seen what or what changes you'd seen in investor knowledge and things like that because it's that's we've seen a lot of to go back to pivoting it's been tricky this last couple of years hasn't it because lots of investors who've not wanted to obviously Park Park Plaza are, are a committed investor owner operator type model but other owners are more don't want to get involved but they've had to get involved over the last two years because you know there's there's been nothing nothing else there so have you seen and they've and they've built up a body of knowledge in in the interim i wonder if you'd seen that maturing or not maybe maybe it's hotels are still a complete mystery yeah yeah no i I think it has matured i think it's such a mixed bag isn't it when you talk about that ownership group you've got a spectrum of in that institutional money that big knowledge base across multiple assets you know they've probably built up a certain level of knowledge look at obviously the 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 amaris declarant recent transaction um and some of those big institutions you know i think probably want to have a little bit more control they probably want it to be is it part of an extended platform whether they've got the asset owned and the, the the management company under their direct control as well so i think there's probably been a bit of a a wish for that but then as you as you navigate along the spectrum you know you've still got people who you know, can't get that scale. So probably don't feel the efficiency is going to be there if they try and do that themselves. So that's tricky. Um, and then, you know, there's probably some people in there and, and we, we have a little bit of this, but we have great, great owner relationships. And I think there's always a bit of that dynamic tension for want of a better, a better word about owners thinking, well, actually, uh, and, and, I, and I should probably qualify this and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about as well, as you'll see from my LinkedIn is I obviously have owner interest as well, personally. So, one of the things that puts me in not an entirely unique position, but is 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 the two hats analogy. You know, I am an owner as well, uh, and, and I've and I've built with my own money. I've put everything I've got. I've had a stage in my life where there was, you know, 
not much more than a couple of pounds in the bank account as we were building Lincoln, and I can explain that, um, how I become to be, be an owner of, of that asset and the others that we have. So, so you know, there is, a, there is a growing body of probably that ownership knowledge, um, but it's not perhaps, uh, it's not that it's not as much as some of the large management companies, but, you know, I, I, would, I would say we've earned as over the years. We didn't have it at the start, uh, but we've learned it and we've learned it from doing. And so now we would like to think we've probably, you know, been around the track a few times, can maybe impart some of that knowledge and, and maybe steer the owners away from the pitfalls of, of trying to do it yourself. Part of that is just out of scale. You know, it's very hard to, 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 to have that when you're a, you're a single asset or a, perhaps a couple of assets. But, you know, yeah, often we have conversations with owners that we don't represent now or we don't manage assets for who, you know, they might be working with a different management company. And, you know, you hear them start to come out, we want to do it on our own, we want to do it ourselves. And whether that's for, you know, control reasons or, or they think financially that'll be better for them. And maybe in that case, I think we had one recently where we were approached and, and they wanted a hybrid model. You know, can, can, we, can we try and find a way to do it uh, where, you know, we do this and we're involved in that? And it was only a conversation, but for me at that point, and maybe this is to do with us and there might be other management companies out there that would take a different view. But I just said, look, that's not for us. We're not at that stage. I think you do need that clarity between, you know, who's captain the ship or who, who's in charge or who's the ultimate decision maker. Because, you know, there's only so many things you can write down in a management contract, albeit they're, you know, 45 pages is, is too many as it is. But that's hard to try and document everything that might come up. Um, so I think having that hybrid model, it, it may appear, but, you know, it's going to come with some real challenges as well. So, yeah, I think that investor knowledge has definitely grown. But I think it really, what you want to do is probably determined by the scale that you are or the scale that you want to grow to perhaps as an investor in terms of which management company might be right for you or what you ask of them. I've never really thought about management companies being almost almost an element with of kind of education. Are you going to, if you are an owner who would like to eventually be, to run, to operate the hotel themselves, you'd be a whole new kind of school of management contracts, I use the term school intentionally where you could educate the owner as to how to manage a hotel but and then in doing so do yourself out of a job yeah you you know look you could and i think listen my 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 dad was a teacher was a teacher and you know and i often use the phrase you know giving things to others or sport you know i know that's different obviously in a commercial sense but you know helping others what else is there that is a you know that is the one of the ultimate things you can do but yeah but com- commercial commercially it's different obviously but <laughs> But I just think um, that's fine. You can teach people, you can educate, you can guide, and then you can step away. But the minute you step away, it's on, you know, I use the word them, however, whether that's singular or, or multiple or an asset, you know, it's a really, really hard job. Sure, it's rewarding, but um, even pre-pandemic, you know, it's it's uber challenging in terms of bringing those teams together, consistently investing, driving that training forward, lift uplifting the teams, keeping them together you know, managing ambition, um, bringing in the best possible people and, you know, having the right standards, adopting to all things that are changing in the industry, whether that's menus or calories, you know, uh, you know, allergens, all that have rightly, you know, got, got to be done yet. Yeah, timing can be, can be talked about, uh, sure. But it, it's, yeah, you could educate, but what you're probably educating them on up to a point, it's going to have to continue. It doesn't stop there, you know. There'll, there'll still be lots more education to, to, and we're always learning, you know. So 
Exactly. And it's a job in itself. And just you listing that horrifyingly long <laughs> list of things that you need to know, um, I would like to, as an owner, give you my money and you can just go and do that. Yeah. And I guess that's the beauty, you know, uh, again, uh, I'm just talking uh, in, in a non-political sense and, and some may not entirely agree, but I guess that is the job of the market to, to figure that out of whether actually as an owner, you do want to do it yourself or, or actually at, you might be a better place to have a, a professional services firm do it for you. Um, and obviously that relationship's, got, that relationship's got to be right. It's got to work for both parties. And I do really stress both parties because we, we do get approached about um, uh, taking on certain projects and for different reasons, whether that's geography or, or scale. Uh, we, you know, we perhaps don't, enter into those agreements we, we we perhaps you know might direct them in a different in a different way to someone that might be a bit more suitable but i think yeah uh, there is a reason professional services firms like management companies exist it's probably a reason why they're growing um but but you know every owner's got a right to do it themselves if that if they so wish um and you make a valid point about um their growth in popularity can we talk a little bit about um, the changing role, if indeed that is what happened, has happened of management companies during the pandemic, um, because obviously we there was a, 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 an enormous focus on cost control, um, but also there were a lot of different trends that emerged, whether that be the increased use of technology, having to maximise revenue way beyond just F and B and beds. So, what? How's your? How is your role? as a management company ch- changed? I realise that's a massive question, but just some of the sort of, maybe some of the highlights. I think from a principal point of view, I'm not so sure it has changed. If you think it's radically changed now, I would maybe ask the question, were you really doing, giving the best of yourself before? You know, is it our job to drive the top line as much as we can and consider every single possible revenue source, whether it's sharing dark kitchens or whatever the case may be? We should have been, you know, we've got to be doing that all the time. And maybe what's happened is a a pandemic's really turbocharged the the fact that, look, guys, you you know, you've really, really got to look at them now. And, you know, uh, as well as all the considerations that come below that, whether that's process efficiency uh, you know, how can you control costs? What sort of job shares can you be doing? How can you get that productivity? We know that UK obviously lags behind and we've got to try and drive that. Automation is going to play a really, really key part in that. We're seeing it at Leaf Hospitality. If you if you would ask a number of the guys or the employees, you'd, you'd probably hear them say, I've kind of coined the phrase that it's the year of automation for us. Now, some people maybe have done that already and, and maybe further down that track. Um, so I think that role's pro- probably changed, you know, just looking at all the processes that today have been manual, whether it's, uh, stuff, you know, whether it's processes that support meetings and events prior to the meeting event arriving, where, you know, how do you automate that process to make it easier rather than it being quite so manual? Um, you know, uh, and so I think it's, yeah, it, it's our job to look at all of those. It always was, and, and it's always going to be I, I would imagine i think perhaps rather than uh changing the principle of it in the pandemic it's maybe just you know really shone more light on it or, or really turbocharged it to say guys well, whatever you're doing before we've, we've really got to look look at that now because obviously we're all thrust into a, a really really difficult situation that none of us had ever you know ever been through before or, or probably um 
you know, role played before or said, listen, it might, it might come to this. I don't think we'd, I mean, I don't know, maybe some people did and, and, and fair play to them, but you know, it was a hell of a shock to, to owners and management companies alike, as we know. Mm. You mentioned um, the, the in active investment investor role that you play. You want to tell us a little bit about how Lincoln came to be, but and as a second part of that, um, I'd be interested to hear where, as an investor, where you are looking to, you know, for future investment fun. Sure. So, um, so casting my back to to the, the 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 comment I made about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, signing Leafs first management company. If you think back to that time, you know the guys that were involved in in buying the plot in Lincoln, which they did with a, a senior lender that we'd all know. The senior lender said, "Yeah, two thousand eight just happened. So the the, ho- the words hotel development finance are not ones we're 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 really using particularly often at the minute. And that and that shop is in you know closed. So having signed the deal from management company point of view, it, it looked like it was going to be threatened, and that was a real concern for me. I obviously wanted to help, so I wanted to get off the block. So when I went knocking on doors in London again and said, look, you know, can you consider as a management company? They said, well, how many do you do? I'd be able to say, well, actually, we do do a few management companies, so maybe you really should consider us this time. So I, I remember I was uh, trying to think how I could help, and, and you know, as is often the case on that on that side, it, it, it came down to money. So everything got liquidated. So whether it's, it's savings, pensions, cashed in, remortgage, selling of things that could be, that weren't nailed down, uh, I sold ten percent of the management company. Uh, just managed to get a pot together, which was of a reasonable size. It, you know, it obviously needed a lot of supplementing, a lot more. But, but um, yeah, just took the view that if I wanted to get it done, I probably needed to do everything I could, and that meant, you know, uh, you now it's called sliver equity, is it? But I said, you know what, guys, I, 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 I'll everything I've got, I'm all in. So I was happy to do that. And I remember my dad at the time, again, just a, a PE teacher and. Um, he sort of said to me, you, you know, you, 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 sh- you sure about that? You know, that's a hell of an undertaking. And, and I've got to be honest, even, even when it probably was, uh, I don't know, not, not, I don't know if naive is the right word. It was certainly a, a big move. Um, but at the time, and I think most entrepreneurs will probably tell you this, didn't even give it a second thought. I thought, you know, the, the reason I want to do this is because, you know, I'm going to be controlling some of this process. So it's on me. So I'm backing myself really. And, and that's something I'm prepared to do. So I, I never, ever, uh, never stopped to think twice. Couldn't do it fast enough, really. And, and once we got it done, then it was a case of, well, well, let's see if we can make it, make it happen. And um, it was a, a really incredible two years. So it came to the point where I, we launched Park Plaza Westminster Bridge, managed to get them the um, very brave of them. We managed to get, I think it was like worth a, like a million pounds sport accord contract, which is kind of like, you know, where they hold up the, the Olympics has been awarded to London, that, that IOC committee, the sport accord is probably the Davos of the sport world. I think, uh, you know, with what, you know, in, in the best possible way. Um, and, and they were going to open in April and we'd won that piece of business and they wanted to do that in the first week they opened, which I was like, wow, you're going to, you're going to take a, a, a conference of that size week one. Well, I hope you open in time, which they did in fairness to them. So that was a great legacy to kind of leave uh, and was happy that, you know, hotel went on to do really, really well. And um, so as I stopped doing that piece of work, it was all all eyes on Lincoln. And so Lincoln, I ended up uh, managing the contractor, which ended up being Balfour Beatty. 
and managing the legals, uh, finding the funds, uh, which um, NatWest, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I have to say they were hugely supportive. Was RBS at the time, NatWest now, and um, did a br- brilliant job in, in supporting that project, get it off the ground, but managed to find that funding. Obviously managed, it was the first brand new build, Doubletree. So the brand back then, 12, 12 years ago, what wasn't what it is today. So we, we did that, um, built the team, and then when we discovered that the the build contract we'd signed didn't include FF&E, I had to go out and purchase three million pounds worth of FF&E. So, um, it, it, you know, suddenly started learning about shears and and curtains and fabrics, which I wasn't particularly well versed with prior to that point. So, I think that's how I became an owner, and uh, you know, it was obviously a minority shareholder alongside two um, business partners of mine who are still uh, business partners today. Um, we built that portfolio and, you know, they've obviously funded the majority of that alongside NatWest and need incredible credit. But we've now got three hotels. So we've got the Doubletree up in Hull. We've got the Holland Express in Grimsby and the, and, the, and the Doubletree in Lincoln. And we call that the Brayford Group. Um, and they're our three assets. So, so having sort of invested, built, opened, managed, funded as in that relationship with 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 the bank done the legals it, it was a really really educational two years there's some some you know some quite challenging periods uh, along the way there and but but real real highs i think one of the things we talked about ahead of the call was you know the moment in hospitality that was probably the most significant to you and um uh, you know there's been lots in terms of watching people grow and how they develop and earlier on i mentioned when we set Leaf up, we used to give 5% of our profit away to charity uh, for the first few years, probably until we started building Lincoln and we gave a considerable amount of money for trees for cities. And that was a great moment. You know, it was great to be able to do that. But really, because of the journey and and and, the, and doing it from scratch all the way up, probably the day that Hilton said, after two attempts, I might add, and, and you know, when it was a little bit like a scene out of Benny Hill, you know, we're, we're ahead of the Hilton uh, inspectors trying to get the rooms ready and, and get everything laid out. So when they come in five rooms behind us, they say, yeah, this room's ready to, to open. So, you know, we, at the second attempt, they were great supporters in, in getting open in, in uh, 2011. And when they said, you, you know, congratulations, you're, you're free to open the system and put the hotel in the system. That was that was that was a big moment for for, for myself and, and the team, and uh, yeah, so so that's how I became became an, an investor really on the ownership side. Well, no, I think you were gonna. I was going to ask you where what what happens next in terms of investment, but I think that's what you were going to answer. Yeah, sure. What happens next? Um, I, look, it's it's been a, it's been a tough tough two years, right? So so um, I, I think I'd, I'd like to say you know we are you know you hear about all this you know. Um, lots of investments sat on the wings waiting to go and whether it be distressed asset and there's all this powder to, 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 you know, um, to go on and buy this and do that. We, we, you know, we're, we're not an institutional investor. It's, it's, you know, with three, three individuals, we think we've done a pretty good job getting to the, to the group that we have. Um, and we're probably not looking out and out to do any more developments. I think we're quite happy to watch the, the, the assets re recapitalize, which, you know, they had a, re- Again, obviously, very, very conscious of this wasn't the case for everybody. So, you know, I, I know how hard it's been for people that are either in, you know, airports or in London or, or meetings and events venues where it's been just super difficult. But actually, the hotels I just referenced there and some of our other hotels actually performed really, really well in the past two years. 
uh, again, not, you know, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm honest enough saying it's not through brilliant management. Although we did a, you know, we did a, we did a, a, a we did a good job, but it's really, you know, look, it's where we are in the world. It's that, you know, heavy industry uh, part of the country. If you're thinking about offshore wind and, you know, how that's um, been, you know, how that's been motoring as an industry over the past five years, that's really underpinned a couple of the hotels and Lincoln's just a, you know, it's a great market or and has been for us for a number of years. It's very mixed. So you get a lot of different um, businesses there and, and that certainly helps. So, um, so yeah, I, we're not looking to do anything more right now. We're consolidating, make sure those businesses perform as well as they need to be the bank have been brilliantly supportive of us and we want to repay that probably by demonstrating to them that we're going to get you know the business into the to the best possible shape uh even better than it's been so yeah i, I think looking down the line of the forecast for those businesses this year i think they'll have their best ever year so that's a positive very much so very much so um what about um so you mentioned i don't know whether this is this is particularly relevant but perhaps for not necessarily for your own investments but for um the others that you may be potentially working with you mentioned obviously back in 2008 the words hotel development finance were were not not ones that were used ever um how's it looking now because we sort of heard haven't we that things have been paused um but uh construction has you know there's been a lag but but they're continuing but what about um sort of if you were to go to a bank now and say can i have some cash to build this property is that is that do you get shown the door quite quickly um, I don't, yeah, I, I think they're not sure the door's open to even get through it. I, I think, look, I, again, I, I can't speak on behalf of, you know, all the different, uh, financial institutions. It's interesting when you use the word bank, I probably the more established, what we would call senior lenders. I'm not sure they are as active as they've been previously. Again, that's, that's obviously for them to decide as to when they want to get back into that market. And some, will, some I'm sure are, but in perhaps a very selective way. Uh, and then again, down that spectrum of, of funders, you, you have got certainly other funders that are out there. I don't even know if they call themselves banks, um, maybe more funds that are looking to deploy capital and will do it, but it comes at a price. So, so I think, you know, the, 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 the senior lenders, as far as I'm aware, that is, 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 I don't know if it's entirely closed, but, but the, the, the shutters are definitely not up and, and, and they're not, you know, fully open for business perhaps, but there is funding out there. I think you're obviously going to pay for that. Um, and, and, you know, some people think that makes sense for them based on, you know, however they assess their their deal. So, yeah, I think it's tough at the minute. Um, uh, you know, you've got some good companies out there helping people get finance and, and, that, and that's a consideration. I think that's tough. But, you know, you've got the twin the twin challenge there as well of, of development costs and that is seemingly only going one way at the moment. And I think that probably... You know, I talked about our pipeline uh, above above and beyond the hotels that we've got signed. I think a number of those would have come to fruition already had we not had the past two years where we've got uncertain demand, we've got spiraling costs um, and lack of finance. So it's kind of, you know, a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a perfect challenge, really, to try and get um, uh, construction deals away. Obviously, people are and, and, you know, absolute all credit to them for making it happen. So. Yeah, I think it's tough. I think it's tough. I think it's a tough, tough backdrop at the minute. It's all right. We've got plenty of hotels. And as we learned last week, what we need to be doing is focus on um, how we convert those into ones that are ESG compliant. So let's, uh, that can be the challenge rather than building new ones. 
Definitely. And yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, so we are, we're sort of at 30 minutes, which is, uh, it's, it's a glorious time to have, uh, have chatted to you, but what we might do, uh, just to round off the podcast is ask you some questions that we ask everyone at the end, if that's all right, we've got two more minutes. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Okay. When the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I did was. You know, being a, being a father of, of two fairly young kids and one particularly new, you know, I'd like to say it was something, a huge uh, social event that was enjoyed and it was raucous dancing and, and you know, but it wasn't any of that, I'm afraid. So it, it wasn't anything. You signed them up to a boarding school. No, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you know the thing I, I, I wanted to say, and because I think it was an, an important point, and it's not that it, you know, literally, uh, it opened up, and I went to the uh, the annual hotel conference up in Manchester. But what I want to say is that is probably the time when I felt uh, we're open, and I know it was just before we perhaps went into the third lockdown or whatever it was last year. But it, it really resonated with me that actually you're never going to keep people apart. You know, you know, listen, this is a great medium, and it's really, really it work, works for us here, and it, it's worked for productivity but getting people together I, I really really enjoyed going to HC. I really it did feel really like a wider family and I know that's a bit corny but it was just good to see a lot of people in the same room and and, and, and you know enjoy that energy really so yeah I, that was probably something that came to mind uh in that regard yeah, I totally understand that we've been lurking around back of conference rooms for a really long time and um and we there is something very collective about getting a whole sector together and it sort of reinvigorates you and makes you think, Oh, this is a great bunch of people, this is a really good industry and you kinda of come away, you know, re energized. So yeah, I totally understand that. And well done for not saying what everybody says doing the answer to that question, which is went out for dinner with my wife, which I think people just say for bonus points. <laughs> Um, which I'm sure you did as well. Um, so the second question, the best thing about the hotel sector is? Um, it's, uh, it's diverse, you know, probably not diverse enough, but it is, it is pretty diverse. The opportunities are in great. You can travel the world. And a little bit like I mentioned earlier with, you know, what I learned from my father in terms of, you know, teaching other, you know, you, you can make other people smile. I mean, you know, you can do something for other people what else is there? So, you know, lots of positive things about the hospitality industry. Absolutely. The hotel sector would be significantly improved if? Uh, I'm dying to say join the EU, uh, but uh, I, I won't. But I think because I think... If the hotel sector individually could join the EU, I think that'd be Yeah, great. there you go. Yeah, we could, we could, we could try. Um, I, I think, look, that's an easy, you know, probably a bit of a, an, an easy thing for me to say in terms of, you know, access to labour. But then again... Would we actually be achieving what we want to achieve by there? I think we'd be better to invest in people uh, now, you know, and not rely on perhaps a wider um, jobs market or talent pool. You know, listen, of course, you've got to get that balance right. But I think we've got, it would be better if we invested in our people more. And, 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 I, and I know that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's as old as the hills and it's, and it's an obvious one, but you know, when there is probably that big influx of available people to work, when you don't have to work that hard to obtain and retain people, then perhaps businesses or, or our industry have, have been, um, haven't been as good at training and retaining and really, really investing in people. I know there's been lots of good efforts and there are lots of good examples prior uh, throughout, and I'm sure they will be going forward. But I think 
the industry would be better served if we were really, really serious about training and skills and making it career opportunities rather than um, not just an in and out, you know, because that's important as well. But yeah, I think, I think really focusing on our people. What the industry needs now is? To support hospitality rising. So Hospitality Rising, the campaign, obviously, to shine a light on on our industry and and all the good things about it, to make sure we're promoting that in terms of its appeal. Again, it's, you know, opportunity to to learn, opportunity to progress, opportunity to travel. Um, There's lots of good things out there for us to do and, 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 you know, uh, obviously lots of geopolitical things going on in the world that we can really focus on there as well to help those people that really, really need it. But in terms of uh, of our industry, I think we could do we could if we could all support that campaign to shine a light on all the good things about our industry, we'd all be in good shape. Let's do that, and we'll put all the links to various websites and social channels on our LinkedIn post for this. Um, and very finally, I'd like to think we've learnt from this. Dot dot dot. Maybe just not to take our people for granted, not to take business for granted, not to take um you know that we're that we you know we 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 should perhaps be a little bit more self-sufficient should we in terms of some of our supply lines in terms of some of our whether it's manufacturing or 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 what we're bringing from elsewhere whether that's products or services or dare i say utilities um i I think you know yeah i I think maybe let's be a little bit more self-sufficient quite right very good very good um richard that was a joy i enjoyed that immensely i hope you had a lovely time very well done for staying awake thank you i thought you were on it i don't know how much coffee you've had this morning but whatever it is is worth in the job what can you you tell us about where you are now (laughs) yes absolutely not a lot not a lot yeah um no that was great thank you so much really appreciate that thanks for the opportunity and um no an absolute pleasure it's it's nice to um yeah, to meet you both in this in this forum, Emily. I think um, I don't know if, I, if we. I don't think we've probably met before, or like I said, Julie, Julie is a sort of a really good friend of mine, and she she obviously mentioned uh, you guys being you know pretty close. And Catherine, I don't think we've we've met before. I saw you once chair a panel. Was that right? Uh, where, where, who was the French, who was the French guy, Thomas, who got you to sign? You got Dubert, to sign his book. You brought his book Dubert? up to the stage. Yes. Was, yes. Where was that? Classic, a classic distraction technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, somewhere near Marble Arch. I can't remember what it was. Indeed, it was, yes. That, yes. that hotel that goes down the side. And then I always think it's closer to John Lewis than it really is. Is it uh, Montcalm? Is it the Montcalm? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Proximity to John Lewis is a very important part of uh, uh, of it. Um, right, oh, Thomas has can... since been moved to Latin America, which is what when you do that kind of thing. I did see that. I did see that. I've got to be honest, yeah. See that again. Nowhere near John Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, see. Um, so uh, that's the end of the episode this week. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you very much, Catherine. And thanks for It's a, just a joy to be here. Um, we'll see you all again. We won't see. Why do I always say that? Join us again next time for another episode of New Tricks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. 
please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time. <laughs>